Hello, everyone. I am not Trent Luce. This is Amanda Radke filling in for the boss man for this exciting edition of Roll Route. And as Trent would say, Roll Route is the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is discuss the issues between rural and urban America. And I have to say, I have a very exciting guest on the show today. He's been MIA for a while, but I finally caught him, slowed him down. I have the one and only Mr. Trent Luce as my guest on Roll Route today. What do you think about that? So I'm wondering how long you're going to start that intro and in saying, I'm not Trent Luce, to where, who was Trent Luce? There, Trent Luce doesn't matter. And then just gone, you know, not even mentioned anymore because you're everything to everybody all of a sudden. Just roll out with Amanda Radke. I, exactly. Stations across the country. <laughs> you're doing awesome. Thank you for, <laughs> for carrying the load. Well, it's interesting because when you asked me to do this, I was mm-hmm. like, Trent, I'm busy. I can. Mm-hmm. You said, okay, Amanda, because you knew at the end of the day I would do it. So mm-hmm. here did. we are. It's, <laughs> it's a We're Friday. We're all busy. We're all busy. You just can't make excuses. So and I I've, feel I feel like you're Carmen San Diego. We want to know where in the world you've been, what you've been doing. So what have you been doing? I'm, I've been a I've been traipsing, traipsing with Teresa. Traipsing with <laughs> Teresa. See, this would be one of those things where I'd say, no, that's not a good campaign <laughs> slogan. <laughs> well, I guess I can explain that because you know I had three consecutive weeks in North Dakota. And I love going to North Dakota. And I haven't been to North Dakota for two weeks now, so I kind of got to withdraw. But anyway, there was a very liberal commentator in North Dakota who, the, after the first week of a tremendous success in uh, 30 by 30 meetings, he came out blasting, tra- traipsing North Dakota. <laughs> and so one of my live affiliates in North Dakota, we latched onto that. And every week now, on Thursday live, we do a traipsing with Trent. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But you know, that's not even the wildest headline that's been written about you in the last couple of weeks, because I believe you were also called bombastic. I did. I was. Yes. Bombastic. That should be on a t-shirt. Check it out at Amanda. If I only knew somebody that was in the t-shirt business could get one made and make it available to the public, I'd probably have it already. All right. Traipsing with Trent, bombastic Trent Loose, and the most important one, vote TNT May 10th in Nebraska. Let's talk about that. Yes. The campaigning part, and for those that may not know, uh, this is the end of my second week traveling. Traveling, if that's a better word for you, Amanda, we'll use traveling with Teresa Thibodeau. And uh, we are to be the next governor Lieutenant Governor for the state of Nebraska. But the the opportunity to get into every rural county that we've been in, we've been in now 16 counties in two weeks, 93 counties in the state of Nebraska. And to go into small businesses, to talk to people that are that are dealing with things, to feel the frustration that people have. And yet my frustration at the end of the day is that everybody is frustrated with where they are, but they're willing to accept the same to go forward. You can't right. keep doing that. You can't just watch a high dollar TV ad on television and think that you know who you're electing. And so from that standpoint, it's been a huge awakening. And I'm thinking about just coming out next week, you know, like really bombastic. I think the whole world would enjoy that. And that's, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I think I'm going to do it then. 
<laughs> you know, because uh, in politics, sometimes you have to not just go with the status quo. I think we've gotten so used to voting for who looks like the politician, who talks like the politician, who acts and has the hair like the politician. But at the end of the day, we need to be asking ourselves, mm -hmm. who's going to come in and take a look at that system and say, I don't want politicians in the job of public servant. I want people who are willing to serve the public in the job of these elected officials. And so that's what I think you and Teresa bring to the table. You have a heart for service. You're not here for your ego or, you know, to pad your resume. You're here because you see a problem and you want to fix it. You're spot on. You're absolutely exactly where we want to be. In fact, the first week, Somebody said to me, a friend of mine said, I never thought you'd be a politician. I said, let me stop you right there. I'm not campaigning to be a politician. A politician cares about the next election. A statesman cares about the next generation. And you know that you have my family, Kelly's involved in this as well. And Teresa's whole past is about what can we do to create a better environment for our kids. And so that at the end of the day is the most important thing going forward and you need to decide who is going to put themselves in the position. Who's going to die on the hill protecting the opportunity for the next generation? That needs to be the summation of everything you decide in this next election. And no, no matter what state you're in, by the way. Absolutely. And it, it can be intimidating because, you know, even in South Dakota, I see some problems with a few of our elected officials. But they are the incumbents. They are mm -hmm. the established rhinos. And it's going to be darn hard to move them out of their position. Because as you know, once a guy gets in there, uh, they have the advantage of name recognition and they just kind of stay there. And so, I, yeah, I would really encourage people to take a second look at new names that they haven't heard before um, and realize that those new names often aren't coming with the dollars that the big boys are coming with. And so you're not going to see the flashy ads. Uh, but what I like about, you know, these grassroots candidates like yourself is that you're willing to go put the miles in and actually talk to the people and ask them what they're concerned about because it's not all about you. It is about the people. Your governor may have as many posters and billboards up in my state as her home state, by the way. I wish she'd reevaluate that. But, you know, that endorsement came, obviously, before Teresa uh, went out on her own. And so I mm -hmm. think I think things would change significantly if she had the opportunity to sit down with Teresa and understand what it, her they platform would. is. 100% they would, Amanda. But it speaks to the problem. Here's a guy campaigning and spending nearly $6 million. $6 mm -hmm. million campaigning to be a governor in a primary race, by the way. Mm -hmm. And the most that he offers to his his candidacy as the governor is an endorsement of the governor of South Dakota. And isn't that interesting that, er that early on you were told you didn't have enough money to win? Like, isn't Absolutely. that isn't that what's wrong with American politics wrong. today? That's everything of what's wrong right there. You just nailed it. Yep. You know, many times I've had people ask me, you know, oh, when are you going to run for office? And I mm -hmm. say, I'm just a rancher from South Dakota. My money is on the hoof. How am I supposed to go run for office? Because I don't have millions of dollars in my coffer. Now, that's a quitter attitude. You know, if, if I feel compelled to do it, I'm going to go do it and I'll find a way just like you are finding a way. But at the end of the day, we got to quit falling for flashy ads and big campaigns. We need to look at the people and get to know the people. And I'm glad that we had that opportunity to do that in Norfolk a few weeks ago uh, right. to listen to the candidates, because when I got to listen to all of them and I heard Teresa speak, 
I was like, wow, here's a woman for the people. Here's a mom on a mission. Here's a gal that sees problems in the state and isn't going to sit on the sidelines. She's going to get off the bench and she's going to go get to work. And so I, I really appreciate that. And, um, yeah, maybe with two minutes left in the first segment, tell us where you're going to be in the next couple of weeks. Where can people find you? Wait a minute. I was stuff? writing down that incredible quote, which I know has been regurgitated, but it doesn't matter. It's very appropriate, and it needs to come to the forefront. A mom on a mission. Mom on a mission. That's that's it. Do you know anything about being a mom? You know a few moms on missions. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you surround moms. yourself with angry mothers who are I like, do. yeah, enough is enough. And so. I'm the stabilizing force. Don't forget that. <laughs> Stable? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow, Saturday, I'm going to be in Topeka. That'll be the only day in the next 30 days I'm outside of the state of Nebraska again because uh, we have a tremendous meeting of pet breeders, pet retailers, and uh, people who have been beat up horribly. You know, we have a huge demand. There's about 9 million dogs each year that are needed to replace for pets, to replace existing dogs. And from the USDA records and the ridiculous licensing data, we find out that less than one-ninth of them, less than one million, probably about 300,000 actually, are all that are raised on licensed facilities in the United States, which means most of them are imported. And those puppies that come through shelters are actually imported through drug cartels. And so we need to, I I tell you all that background because we need to support the individuals who are breeding and raising and providing pets to people because pets are particularly important for emotional stability. And that's why they've been attacked. So I'm proud to be with the folks in tomorrow in Topeka. After our soiree tonight, are you going to be upset about that too? We're going to be excited. (laughs) Oh no, I thought you, now you're all worried about what words I use. No, Trent. You're taking over the show. It is time for a break, sir. We have to break for this first segment. Not really. Not really. Why? No, because we we have one minute left. See, I always add this minute after you come in here. And in that last minute, what we do is talk about where we're at tonight and tomorrow where you're going to be buying Piedmontese bulls. So then it'll all work out just perfectly. Okay. I'm the rookie. Go for it. You're not the rookie anymore. You're a veteran (laughs) like never before. Tonight. I think we start at 6 o'clock. Doesn't matter. Just show up and broke a bow when it's handy. Tomorrow at the ranch, the certified Piedmontese bull sale takes place. Get more details about Now, these bulls are typically going to be the sires of your bulls in the years to come. So you might want to come just check it out, meet the people, see what the certified Piedmontese system is all about. I was in the office this week in Lincoln. Going to be in the office again next week. Things are going good. Even in the economy that we have, things are really good. Details at LoneCreekCalico.com. Back with more Amanda Radke running the show after this. And we're back. I'm Amanda Radke hosting Roll Route, sitting down with the one and only Mr. Trent Luce. And it is ironic that we are starting the day together today because we're going to end the day together today, actually in person, like you said, in Broken Boat, Nebraska. Uh, we're going to be celebrating certified Piedmontese. I'm going to be speaking tonight. I don't know what you're going to be doing, but we're going to be talking about these great cattle, spending time with great people, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to be standing on the sidelines just grinning from ear to ear. That's what I'm going to be doing. Saying, don't mess up, Amanda. (laughs) Yeah, that is not a thought that I had or worry about. Not at all. (laughs) Well, you know, I shared earlier on 
Instagram uh, that Joe Rogan had tagged certified Piedmontese and was enjoying a great steak. And so mm-hmm. one of the things I want to talk about tonight, and it kind of lines up with a theme that I tell groups wherever I go, is that if the system is broken, we have three choices. You can either accept that the system is broke and figure out how to navigate through it. You can fight to fix and change the system and root out the evil and make it better. Or you can step out of the system and create your own beautiful system. And that applies to education, health, the cattle industry, the food business, whatever it might be. And that's what the Piedmontese folks have done is they've been able to capture value They've been able to market that value and they've been able to in turn uh, create profitability for producers. And so I admire the breed for that. And I hope that's kind of the theme of the night. It will be the theme of the night, particularly since you're driving the theme. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm steering the <laughs> ship. That's where we're going. <laughs> Just to be clear, you're steering the ship. Yes. Yes. The ship. <laughs> the canoe. I don't know. What do you want? Yeah, to, what, do you want to be, the, what do you want to be floating we're on? We're going to float on the raft. That's yeah. what we're going to do. We're going to float the raft. Yes. All right. So I want to quickly tell you about this because it kind of ties into what we're talking about here. Monday is a little uncertain. Tuesday, we're going to be back in the northeastern part of the United States. Oh, not United States. Northeastern part of Nebraska, O'Neill. And we're going to meander around to Boone County, which is Albion. You know anything about Albion? I've been there. Yeah, I know. Uh, and then a, a big event in Grand Island, uh, a rally of sorts. And then on Thursday, Thursday from 1 to 3 in Lincoln, Nebraska, at the Office of Certified Piedmontese, it is going to be a bombastic event. TNT, Teresa and Trent will be at the Certified Piedmontese office, and you'll be eating Italian sausage from the Loose Hogs and Certified Piedmontese. So 1 to 3 o'clock in Lincoln, Thursday next week, this is a place you're going to want to be. The day after that is Good Friday, and so on the weekend of Easter, we'll be with family. Now, are all these events open to the public? Absolutely, 100%. Are you going to please, pretty please do me a favor and post this on your social media so people can follow exactly where you're going to? Okay. I am. If everyone wants to know, I'm behind the scenes yelling at Trent every day, telling him what he needs to do. Not yesterday. You didn't yell at me yesterday. I know. I left you be. I left you be. But you're doing a good job on your own. And Teresa kind of... Uh, she, she keeps you on the straight and narrow when I take a break. So it's all good. It's all good. Uh, Well, Teresa has assistance in doing that. Her sister, Amy. Oh, see, see, you do surround yourself with very strong women that know how to get stuff done. And I want to just, I just want to remind everybody how important this is because even last night in a meeting that I sat in and we all contribute to this and we need to get away from it is that we were talking about, it was a, a Platte County, Nebraska GOP convention. And they were talking about the problems. And they said, well, the problem always comes back to those two blue dots, the blue dots being Lincoln and Omaha. Mm-hmm. And that's our campaign. Our, our whole relationship and our whole mantra is built on the fact that Teresa is from Omaha. She has a history in education. I'm from, obviously, rural Nebraska. And we got to stop talking about blue counties. We got to stop talking about red counties. We got to start talking about what red, white, and blue actually means to go forward. And the only way your state, no matter what state you're in, I mean, look at Colorado, look at Minnesota. You know, I had a great meeting last week in Fairmont, Minnesota, and so much of Minnesota is a great place. And then you have that little mess right in the middle 
and everybody went, and, and that mess is a mess. I'm not dis- disputing that in any way, shape, or form. But those individuals in Minneapolis need to know that there is hope and future and assistance from the other citizens of the state of Nebraska. So going forward, we must stop this divisionary between rural and urban. We must come together on those differences and fight together going forward, or we're all going to be in trouble. Right. Now, and I think it's one thing I talk about my speeches all the time. If we're, as producers, going to connect with our urban consumers, we have to focus on shared values. So what do we all care about Uh, right now? And maybe you could argue with me or tell me what you see the pulse is. But right now I see people are worried about fuel prices. They're worried about food prices and shortages. They're worried about education. They're worried about public safety. Uh, and, and those things cross borders. They, it's not just an urban thing. It's not just a rural thing. We want our kids to be able to live in safe communities. We want them to be brought up in a way with a, a very strong educational foundation. And at the end of the day, we want to be able to feed our families and travel where we need to go at a, at a price point that's affordable and accessible for everyone. Is that kind of sum it up for you or what other problems do you see? Well, actually, when you talk about the education and our kids, there's really nothing even close to second. I mean, in my state of Nebraska, we have a serious, serious problem with property tax and it's Mm -hmm. putting families out of business, rural and urban. doesn't matter. I mean, Teresa tells the story that as a small business owner in Omaha, La Vista to be exact, she was put out of business during COVID, but it was partially because of that $50,000 property tax bill she paid. So that is something that touches everybody. But when you start talking about the kids and the education and what's happening, and we have one individual who's an incumbent rerunning for a Department of Education seat, and he just blatantly lies day after day after day. I mean, Kelly just every day tells me, you won't believe what he said today. And there is nothing more important than our next generation, our kids. And we have a mom on a mission. I'm now adopting that into my just my normal routine language. We have a mom on a mission, and we need all mothers to be on a mission to say, hey, don't mess with my kids. You, Amanda Radke, you've been at the leader at doing that. And when you have an education system that is indoctrinating these kids in a, such a severe way as teaching sex education to kindergartners, what else do you need to know that you need to work on? Right, right. Now, tell Maybe people don't remember, but, you know, in the last couple of years, the Department of Education in, in Nebraska has been quite the beast. And, it, you know, it's not something that folks have voted on. It's it's a it's a government entity that even the governor, Pete Ricketts, couldn't rein in on some of the decisions that they were making. Uh, do you know what I'm referencing? And I guess how would you fix it? I, I do. And you're you're mostly right. OK. The, the board members are elected. OK. The Nebraska Board of Education is not a, an agency within the government, the state government. It is separate from the governor, which is exactly what you said. So the governor can't just go say, you know what, that's a mess. You need to not do that or you need to fix that. He can't because he has no real authority over that Department of Education, which is a good thing. But here is the biggest picture, the biggest point that we need to make in all of this. This Board of Education is elected and nobody paid attention. Nobody was watching who were the individuals that we're electing. It goes back to what I've been talking about and what I now see up close and personal. People don't research the candidates. They just check something and don't even think twice about it. And we have had a group of people in this state that have hijacked 
the entire education system and remove the creative ability of teachers and the environment and are teaching superintendents to come in and just continue to expand, expand, expand. Don't worry about what it costs. People will pay for it. That's now. And this year, we have excellent candidates. Everybody knows who they are. Elizabeth Tegmeyer in my area, she's from North Platte. I'm actually on a campaign trail talking as much about her in District 3 as I am myself because there's nothing more important. And we got Sherry Jones. We got Kirk Penner. We have people that are the right individuals to be elected for, to those positions. But this is a direct result of what we're talking about. If we do not engage, if we do not research, if we do not do our due diligence as citizens of our state, we have to deal with what we bring about. We allowed, allowed this to happen. There was no government agency that did this. We, the voters of Nebraska, allowed this to happen. And if we don't take a stand now and say no more, we have to fix it, we're going to continue to not be happy for the next generation. And that'll do it. Complacency kills. It is a dangerous thing when we put our heads in the sand and we don't pay attention to the little things that have a huge impact on our lives. I'm Amanda Radke, hosting Roll Route, visiting with Trent Luce. We'll be back after this break. And now we talk about immune health. We talk about health in general. The world's authority on nitric oxide production, Dr. Nathan Bryan, explains. We've got about 14 COVID clinics around the U.S. where we have a a nitric oxide drug trial going on. I'm exposed to COVID probably every day. You know, pre-COVID, we as humans are exposed to viruses and bacteria every day of our life. That's just the world we live in. Some people get sick, some people don't. Why do some people get sick and why do others not? It all boils down to their ability to generate nitric oxide and to have certain things replete in their body like vitamin D, zinc, vitamin C, selenium. If you're nutrient deficient, you're going to get sick. If you can't make nitric oxide, you're going to get sick. If you do all these things, you can be exposed to, to COVID or any other virus, and your immune system nips it in the bud, and you don't get sick from it. It's really that simple. We're going to change this ordering process up to make it simpler. Go to loosetailsmedia.com. Loosetailsmedia.com. There will be an order mechanism there, and if you want more of the science, I'll get that to you from Dr. Nathan Bryan. Loosetailsmedia.com. It's N-O-2-U. The the product's the same. The place you get it is different. And we're back on Roll Route. I'm Amanda Radke, sitting with Trent Lewis. We're talking about complacency in parents, in politics, in education, and everything in between. Uh, Trent, before the break, you were talking about how we have to get our heads out of the sand and we have to take a look at what's happening. And, you know, as a mom of four who took her kids out of the public school system, uh, because of some of the issues I saw as a result of kind of how COVID unfolded and what was revealed to me, that again goes back to those three choices you have to step out and create your own system, fight to fix the system or accept that the system is what it is and the outcome may be what it it is. So I I appreciate what you are doing is fighting to fix the system. Now we need to get all of those parents, all of those voters who have just accepted that this is just the way it is to engage and say, no, we need to pick one of these other two options, fix and fight or create something new. That does require effort on the parents' part. And, you know, in my Across the Pond this morning, Andrew Henderson probably posed it as well as anybody could. I have to convince people that they are the problem without totally offending them. Yes. And so, again, we've allowed this to happen to our kids in every state, by the way. We have to admit that, okay, we allowed this to happen, so now how do we slowly become part of the fix? But your kids are depending on it. 
your the future of your kids depends on it. What matters more than that? And our kids are going to inherit a nation that's so upside down, that's so broken, that's so confused. I mean, you have talked on air about uh, the gender confusion happening in our public schools today. And uh, it's not just transgender, but now it is, um, well, we've talked about it, the furries, the kids that actually identify as cats and that they have litter boxes that they have to have at home or in the classroom. And you and I can personally attest to people from North Dakota, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Nebraska. Nebraska. And, la- and last night I heard from a teacher friend of mine in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, that said she's got a whole herd or lit. I don't know what you call a group of cats, but I think it's a herd. All right. A whole herd of, or maybe a pride of cats, uh, that, <laughs> There's no pride in this, trust me. No, but they're furry kids. They wear ears, fluffy ears that they clip into their hair. Uh, they have litter boxes at home. And then after school, they go run around in the forest pretending to be cats. Now, you can laugh. You can say like, oh, that's just kids being silly kids. Or you could believe the liberal media that's saying, look at these gullible conservatives that actually believe people identify as cats. Or you can see what's right in front of our eyes is that our kids are being encouraged to distort their God-given images. The fact that they're, we were born, we were created in the image of God as man and woman, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with the way that you were born. And we are being told there's got to be something wrong, so you should identify with all of these different options. And all it's going to lead is to confused, depressed, angry, distorted uh, future generations that frankly aren't creating nuclear families that are strong. And if we don't have the nuclear family, if we don't have a strong mom and dad raising strong kids, uh, we have mass chaos in this country. And so parents, don't put your heads in the sand. It is happening. If you don't think it's happening in rural South Dakota, check again. Start asking questions and you will be alarmed what you discover. Or maybe not. Maybe it's cool. I don't know. See, more proof right here. You don't need me. I know. I don't, I don't even you ask you a question. Covered. I'm just like, I got things to say, Trent. Like, let me just say it. And if you want to comment yeah. and tell me how right well, I am, that works great. At, <laughs> at the end of the day, here's all that really needs to be said. You can come at it six different angles if you want to. And this involves depopulation of the earth. This involves how we indoctrinate our kids instead of educate them. This involves uh, taking God and church out of our life. That's all right there at the end of the day, what it's all about is an anti-Christian movement just finding ways to create division. And when you go and tell kids that it's okay to pretend that you're a a cat. And I suppose with this listening audience, Amanda, we probably went three levels beyond where people even are at. Furries. If a kid designates themselves as a furry, we have schools saying, oh, okay, well, we'll treat you like a cat in class then. That is happening. Yes, it is. And, and what Amanda is alluding to is that people are saying, oh, that's just people trying to be conservative nuts, trying to get everybody riled up. No, I'm talking to teachers who are telling me what's going on in their own school system. Absolutely. In North Platte, Nebraska, where that, it's as rural as it gets, right? And that Elizabeth Tegmar, who I mentioned, is running for that district for the state school board. She's part her husband teaches in that public school. They do not have litter boxes in the bathroom. But they do have kids coming to school dressed as kittens and tell people that they're de- identifying as a furry. 
it's happening in the most, it's not just some big city issue. It's happening in the smallest rural areas and it's kids seeking attention is all it is. But you have adults in a very satanic way of people trying to use this as a divisionary tactic. And you just got to put her foot down and say, no, that's not going to happen. That's wrong. See, and I actually don't think it's attention seeking. I think it's kids that have been brought up in a very broken world without a true identity and who they are and what their values are. And so they're seeking validation. They're seeking to belong to something because they're wandering. And so they cling to, here's a new solution. I can be a part of this XYZ triple alphabet group and I can suddenly be a part of a bigger thing. And so the antidote, the solution is very simple. We make it so complicated, but it's very simple. It's Going back to the basics, faith, mm-hmm. family, freedom. You keep those things in mind, three things in mind in your personal life, in your business dealings, in your politics. And a lot of these problems go away when parents just say, I'm going to default to focusing on faith, family, and freedom. Everything else doesn't matter if I focus on those three things. Once again, you've proven you don't need me. I know. I should just go and rattle yeah. off for an hour. I'll yeah, you should. To, you I'll really should. There's so much wisdom in there in such a young body. I don't understand that. But the thing is, is you bring that out in people, Trent. You do it every day on Roll Route, on Across the Pond, on your, your TV shows. You inspire people to take action, to be empowered, to think about their core values, and to apply them into their lives. And so I think you deserve a lot of credit for that because – People are attracted to that leadership you bring to the table. And the cool thing is, is I've seen people say about you, well, how are you going to be lieutenant governor? You're going to have to take off the cowboy hat and wear a suit to which you say what? This is me. Elect me as I am. I'm not conforming to what somebody thinks I should be. Correct. And you're going to wear that cowboy hat, aren't you? I am. I am, absolutely. I will say, And the lieutenant governor in Nebraska presides over the state senate. Mass credit to Kelly, though. She did have you get a new hat, and it's very sharp. Good job, thank, Kelly. Thank Kelly. Oh, I mean, I do all the time. Yeah, she does She does keep she's, you on the straight and narrow. She's coming tonight, by the way. Oh, she is. Awesome. Yeah, outstanding. I'm, I'm very excited. So we've got two minutes left in the segment. I'm gonna no, we don't. You... We have four. Oh, we have four. Well, I'm yeah. going to let you say what you need to say because well, I'm going to sit I, back. No, I'm going to say what have you been doing with – you got news about books, don't you? Oh, I do. Okay, so – I would invite people to check out my website, amandaradke.com, and uh, go subscribe because on Monday I'm going to have a big announcement about a new book and a new project I've been working on that they won't want to miss. So uh, we're going to be doing some video uh, documentary type things, and I would invite people to watch and check that out. So there will be a big announcement on my website and on social media starting on on Monday, and I would love for people to tune in. How is the book process going? Are are people latching on and saying, hey, I want those books? So my philosophy for the last 11 years has been to write books that share the true and accurate picture of um, rural America, of farming and ranching, 
and of how food gets to the dinner table. And mm-hmm. so uh, that has been the focus. I don't want the Disney effect of where the animals walk and talk on their back legs. And by the way, Disney loves those subliminal perverted messages too. So I want none of that. Um, I want things that celebrate wholesome families, wholesome life, and then showcase the amazing people in rural America who provide food, fiber, and energy to feed the world. Uh, so these books take about a year to from start to finish, but a really exciting one that I have in the works is one that's going to celebrate faith, family, and freedom. It is going to be funded by We the People, so we are asking folks to either sponsor uh, the book to get their name in the pages of the book or to pre-order that book just to help offset the costs, and they can learn more about that at amandaradkey.com too. Uh, but we are fast-tracking that book because we see the importance of it. Uh, we see the urgency of trying to teach kids about faith, family, and freedom. And so we started in January and that book is going to come out Memorial Day of this year. And so we want to get it in the hands of parents and teachers so that they can use it as a tool to counter some of this uh, destructive narrative that's going on in, in our world today. You know, I've been kids' books, and we've talked about this before, but I marvel at how much education you can actually provide to a nation through a children's book. It's really good. Yeah. You know, my inclination is to shove all the information into the book, you know, absolutely Mm -hmm. every nugget. But what I've learned is to step back a little bit, make it fun, and then hope that the conversation is sparked, you know, for further com- further discussion at the end of the book. And so we try to front load it with a fun story. And on the back, uh, we often include a recipe, an activity, or something that parents or teachers can do together with the kids so that they can learn more about the subject. And so my books have explored uh, cattle ranching, soil health, uh, farming, planting, harvest, you name it. Um, and so we're trying to give kids an inside look at the things that they don't often get access to in their everyday lives. Probably one of the best bits of wisdom from a creative content that Baxter Black gave me. He said, Trent, you, you're going to feel like you have to give them way too much. Mm-hmm. So don't give them too much at one time or you'll just drown it out. And you just said that same thing in, in your children's book. We feel like you got to get every known fact in there. But when people are are so ignorant, and I don't use that term disrespectfully, but, you know, I'm ignorant about things. But when people are ignorant about their food, you have to educate them one line at a time instead of I'm going to give them the whole bale. It's kind of like the old parable about well, there's only one guy that showed up at church and the minister says, well, I had a sermon prepared anyway. Well, it's like this, minister. If I got one cow come to eat in the morning, I still feed them. And that'll do it for this But segment. you don't give them the whole bale. <laughs> Wise words of wisdom from Trent Luce. I'm Amanda Radke on Roll Route. We'll be back after this break. And while we have the break, AmandaRadke.com. She's not very good about promoting herself. Go to AmandaRadke.com for the Radke Report. Possibly anniversary shopping for you guys like me that, oh, wait, tomorrow's the anniversary. Got to do something. She's got some cool swag, I think is what she calls it. And, of course, those books. I think she's even got a loose tails cap or two. AmandaRadke.com. More roll route after this. 
And we're back. I'm Amanda Radke, hosting Roll Route, sitting down with the one and only Mr. Trent Luce. And he told me on the break what we should do on this last segment is put the plow down and go. So that's exactly <laughs> what we're going to do. Wait a minute. We're in an era of soil health and plow less is better. So maybe we shouldn't put the plow down. You know, I wondered about that analogy because neither you or I like to sit in a tractor and plow. So let's uh, saddle up the horse and go, or in my yeah, case, absolutely. start up the four-wheeler and go, you know. Because at every point when you saddle up a horse and go, at some point in time, you're creating a better soil health because there's some natural fertilization that takes place. That's absolutely right. That's, that's why people tune in to all of my broadcasts because they want to see when that little nugget of fertilization is going to come to, okay. to fertilize their mind. Can you I know, run with that analogy? I, I wasn't that long ago. I was on your TV program and told you you were full of something. So, you know, if you want to, yeah. if you want to double down on that, then that's okay. You know what? That was a big day because we were sitting in that exact spot. You are right there. Right. Sitting and at the it, table. And it dawned on me that I have not talked about the importance of the kitchen table often enough lately. Used to all the time because we used to do everything at the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. And I've now been incorporated that whole kitchen table discussion into about every presentation. And it happened where you're sitting right here that it was like a, a rebirth and said, you know what? You need to get back to talking about this. Yeah, you know, I've I've realized now that we've had the kids at home with us and we've been teaching them, you know, ourselves and incorporating our values into everything we do, that one of the coolest things that we've reclaimed is just that time together around the mm-hmm. dinner table where you can talk about problems, you can navigate through this evil world that we live in, and you can just grow stronger together in your relationships. And the way society is set up now, it's We go to our full-time jobs. We hurry our kids from one activity to the other. We run, 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 and we never have time to just be. And if, and I'm guilty of this too. When I sit down just to enjoy the moment or have a cup of coffee and have a great conversation, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking of the thousand things I have to do and I feel guilty about taking that time. But I, I'm sure you've been sitting at a lot of tables the last couple of weeks. I have. The, the most powerful thing that you'll do is sitting at that table, listening to people. Well, there's a great parable, and it's kind of relevant this coming week, you know, breaking bread together. Yes. It was no accident that the the Last Supper and the breaking of bread, and they were sitting around a table, right? And they were right. doing that. That is what we were moved away from and what we gravitate back to, and life gets better. Absolutely. Yeah, Easter is my favorite time of year. Of course, there's great suffering that happens before the Easter celebration. But yeah, my kids and I, we've had a lot of fun uh, learning about this upcoming Palm Sunday. They've been cutting palms out of construction paper, and then they've been taking turns pretending to be Jesus riding on the donkey coming into town, and they you know, say, Hosanna, Hosanna. I have a donkey Uh, you could use. You know, I've always wanted a donkey, but Tyler says no. But is is the donkey tame enough to ride? pulls a, a cart he does everything well he's yeah. being wasted here he's a little I mean, miniature black jack i call him marty beard oh well i'm sold bring it on over and no you're t- coming to my place bring a oh, trailer okay i'll bring the trailer we won't tell tyler he's gonna wonder you can put bringing. him in a popper he's that small oh cute and speaking of marty beard he's like my favorite way to kick off each week and uh yeah, I think he's just a gem of a man. I hope he hears this. I really appreciate his insights every week. 
Yeah, I'm a little concerned, actually. I haven't talked to him in three days. Oh, does he check in normally every day? Oh, yeah. normal. A normal day, I've talked to Marty three times. Well, you have been kind of busy. Everyone doesn't want to bug you or burden you because you're. it's, uh, it's yeah, go time. I tried to call him a lot yesterday morning, so... Oh. And also, while we're talking about that, and I don't know anything, I should ask for prayers for Jenny Swigert. Yesterday, she was to join me and had a, a guest, Patricia Fuller, lined up from Dallas. Jenny called me from the emergency room uh, first thing yesterday morning, so we did not do what we had planned to do yesterday. So I, I haven't heard back from Jenny. So I would ask for prayers for Jenny as well as she's dealing with some health issues in Illinois. I'm glad you brought that up. And I, I know there's a lot of people right now who are struggling from, you know, health concerns or challenges and the world is really tough the way it is. And then if you mm-hmm. add in the extra element of being injured or being unwell or unable to work, um, it can be really hard. So I, I would, I would blanket that prayers for anyone going through tough times right now, whether it's here in the United States or abroad. I think in the grand scheme of things, you know, when, when people get in fights about, you know, the Ukraine, Russia tensions or whatever, and they're taking sides or picking teams. To me, at the end of the day, I'm just mindful of the innocent families that stand in harm's way of all of these things. And that could be in Ukraine and Russia or on the southern border by, by Mexico, these ranchers that are trying to live their lives in, in really dangerous situations, uh, or the people that are locked down tight in Canada that are unable to work or enjoy life with their families. I, I'm just very mindful of the people who are struggling right now because in my neck of the woods, everyone kind of clings to everything's normal. Everything's fine. What are you worked up about? Uh, but I know better than that. I know people are really struggling. And so I think at the end of the day, that's what fuels both of us is to try to help those people because um, having that heart of servitude and having uh, that desire to help other people, I think, is what keeps you grounded and keeps you from, you know, being depressed about the headlines of the world, you know, taking action. It, it helps your mental health, too. So we go to the Methodist Church in Loop City. And we, on a normal Sunday, we'll have 30 people in church, right? And Kelly and I are on the young end, and we're 55. Yeah. So on a normal day, there will be one or two, or normal Sunday, there will be one or two additional prayers. Somebody's facing a family medical challenge. In the last two months, I don't remember less than six new people that were brought up in church to ask for prayers because of some medical situation. You and I saw this coming. There are others that are oblivious to that it was coming, but I just hope that people stop and think about what led us down this path of a a human health issue that we trusted in the people who were telling us what to do and when we shouldn't be. Yeah. And you know, it goes back to asking questions, thinking critically, looking for patterns, and whether it's food, education, healthcare, whatever it is, we have to be informed. We have to be informed so that we can make good decisions, so that we can be empowered. And it doesn't have to be intimidating to ask a doctor about side effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you should be able to do that and make an informed decision based on the risks, the pros and cons of the risks. And unfortunately, there's been an agenda that only tells one side of the story and only allows for one side of the discussion. And I truly believe what's been stolen from the American people is honest to goodness, informed consent. I remember the first time that Dr. Nathan Bryan, who I have all the faith in the world in, I've been using his nitric oxide for 18 years. 
and believe that that is my stabilizing force. Because, you know, Amanda, in the last 13 months alone, I've been mingling with groups of people in 41 states. And he told me something. One of the first times I met him, because the first time I met him, I remember clearly we were in Chicago and we were talking about nitric oxide, how important it was. It was an initial element of and it builds the brain from day one of, of uh, lactation of a mother and mother's breast milk has a high level of nitrate in it because it's important for brain health as well as the, building the immune system and doing everything that needs to happen in the early days of the heart. And I remember asking him, I said, well, why isn't every doctor talking about this? And he, he told me something that just shocked me, like, like blew my hat off. It takes a medical doctor 17 years to actually learn about the benefit of some technology, some benefit of some issue, whatever the case may be. It's 17 years that it's available until they actually recognize it and adopt it. So that's twofold. So I think about this is exactly why we still fight doctors who don't understand that cholesterol is important, that vitamin D is important, that all of these components that we should have been getting naturally through diet and exercise and all of the healthy living aspects, they're, they're still not talking about that. But then on the other side of the equation, once the National Institutes of Health told them that here's the protocol for fixing COVID, if you have a COVID patient in your hospital, they adopted it like this. So if you really look at it, there can only be one answer to why it is that a typical medical doctor takes 17 years to adopt these technological advancements or, or new initiatives that come forward. And with with COVID and treating people in a hospital with COVID, the minute the National Institutes of Health came out and said, give them remdesivir and put them on a ventilator and do this and do that, they didn't ask no questions. They just did it. Mm-hmm. You know why they just did it? There's documentation because every person who was treated, I can speak to Nebraska and the state average is different for every state, but every person went through a Nebraska hospital who they followed the National Institutes of Health. This is all documented in PubMed, by the way. National Institutes of Health, they were paid $37,500 per patient, no matter what the end result was. Mm -hmm. That's why when families were requesting that their their loved one be treated in a different way. The doctors said, no, no, because we can't lose this $37,500 payment for people that 50% of them we know are going to die. Right. And you know, the solution to this is very simple too. We talked about the solution to education is focusing on faith, family, freedom. I've got the solution to this too, and I'm not a medical doctor. So take it for what it's worth. I just have common sense. Never once did I hear Fauci get up on that stage and do his press conferences and talk about the basics of boosting your immunity. Get out in some sunshine, play in the dirt, eat whole natural foods like meat, dairy, and eggs, drink water, get sleep, reduce your stress, and just take care of yourself. Did you ever hear him say that? Not even once. Not once. Especially knowing that the most susceptible people to COVID are overweight. And so never once do we say, hey, in the the next two years, let's focus on getting healthy and being active and boosting our immune system and eating foods that are good for us. Nope. We just got uh, handed, here's a pill, here's a shot, here's a treatment, and that's the only thing you can do. And so again, people just need to be empowered. Take control of your own health. Take care of yourself and focus on the common sense things that you can do to protect yourself against any disease or illness. And your body will thank you. In fact, being the worst war criminal you can think of, 
he went the other way. People who were the most challenged were overweight or had a, a challenged immune system. Those are the ones that he preyed on and had come and sign up for a jab, which now creates more vulnerability than those who did not. And told us to stay in our house. Don't get fresh air. Don't go outside. Lock yourself don't up. Mingle. Watch, watch Netflix all day. Don't be around other human beings. And it's led to a generation of people that are going to be afraid of one another. So my antidote for the weekend is simple. Go out, get yourself a big old steak, put a pat of butter on top, invite some loved ones over, enjoy a great meal around the kitchen table, and uh, just enjoy life and the riches that come with just focusing on the simple things in life. And it all starts with faith, family, and freedom. Trent, will that do it for the day? That'll do it. I'll see you tonight. All right. We have journeyed down the road connecting urban and rural America. I'm Amanda Radke, sitting with Trent Luce, here to remind you that all roads do lead to a rural route.